0: Craft Beer Radio episode two hundred seventy-seven on February seventh, twenty fourteen. It said quarter to five, but it was Welcome, to five. everybody, to Craft Beer Radio, the show that you should be listening to instead of watching the Olympics. And uh, this week we got a bit of a grab bag. Um, big beers, probably most of them. So it's yeah, going to I be think uh, all of them, really. Yeah, it's. it's and I don't, I don't know about this one, but the other ones, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's the theme, I guess, if there's any kind of theme to be spoken of is big beers. Well, two of them are barley wines. So, yeah. and then two of them are French, they have French names. Is it French? Is it French? All right, so what are you going with first? We're going to go with uh, Grand Illumination. So, this is from Aleworks Brewing Company, formerly Williamsburg Aleworks. This is Silver Beer's only microbrewery. Grand Illumination American style barley wine. This is very promising because these were the beer sickles that we got during the big freeze. Look at all that carbonation. We were wondering yeah. if uh, how that would be. And Well, I was reading about that, actually. It, it, it's okay because we need some time to warm these up because these just mm-hmm. came out of the fridge. But I was reading uh, about that, and um, as long as you... It's it's true that if you freeze them, then your carbonation will come out. Mm-hmm. But when it gets back to liquid form, the carbonation will go back into solution, as long as the pressure is still there. Okay. Now, if you have a plastic bottle, mm-hmm. the, you can actually expand it, and so... You can actually lose some of the pressure that's in it, but these are in glass bottles. So since it didn't break, it takes some time for the pressure to reestablish itself and and for it to come back in solution. Mm -hmm. But over time, it should come back in solution pretty much fully. Oh, cool. Well, good research. I did a couple searches on it. I couldn't find great info on it. So that's good. Yeah, these beers were frozen solid Mm -hmm. Uh, or at least very thick ice on the outside. There might have been a liquid core still, but I mean, they were pretty, pretty frozen and uh, I was all worried well first of Understandably, all yeah. when I opened the package I opened it over the sink in case you yeah. know, stuff's going to start leaking out and I all the bottles were intact I was like oh that's great but then I'm like you know yeah what's the carbonation that's interesting you know when it's frozen like that I wonder if there's more pressure on the cap when it's out or Probably. or if the pressure's always the same I'm, not trying to, I'm trying to speculate on how that would work This beer is cold. I just shot it, and it was only like at 45 degrees Um, at Barley Wines. I mean, our recent history, if you've been paying attention, you know, we drink these warmer than the recommended temperature by a good 10 degrees, so we got our hands clamped around these Barley Wines. We're using our favorite Spiegel glasses, sniffers, as, as always, so a very thin glass, so it lets us crank a lot of heat into the beer pretty quickly. So you, we can definitely tell because their hands are getting cold very quickly. So yeah. that's a good sign that the beer is warming up. All right, all right. The composition on this beer is, according to their website, whatever strikes our fancy. So they're not really being very. Uh, okay, mine's up to fifty six. So I think it's uh, about that range yeah. to start analyzing. Yeah, I'm still fifty three. A little bit, a little bit colder than that, I'd like. But I'll give it a little bit of a warm. All right. So, so the first thing I notice is a fairly hoppy aroma on this beer. I seem to remember the first time I had this Grand Illumination, it was a bottle I picked up when I was vacationing down in Virginia Beach Okay. and um, brought it home and it was a wonderful multi barley wine. And then probably about a year later, I had a coworker with an uncle who lived down there and I bought a whole case of Grand Illumination and it was good, but it wasn't as wonderful as I remember that first one being. Neither of those two previous versions of Grand Illumination do I recall kind of a West Coast barley wine type aroma like I'm getting right now. Hmm. Now, what I didn't find out about is the way that freezing plays with aromas or anything else that goes <laughs> right, on. Right, right. It was just specifically about carbonation. So could freezing have something to do with... Could, could it? I mean, we know things like when you boil, you have isomerization, mm-hmm. right? Right. Could there be something chemical that goes on when things freeze? I don't see any reason why there couldn't be. I don't know whether it would have an effect on the beer or not. Right, yeah. All right, now that I'm taking a couple nosefuls of this beer, you know, I'm smelling a lot more maltiness, but yeah, the first one was just kind of a big hop blast. Still smells pretty hoppy to me. Uh, Hmm. I mean, there's a little bit... It's still, it's funny. The beer, I was going to say the beer smells cold still, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's the coldest smelling beer there is. So I'm going to put my hands around it some more, try to get it to open up the aroma a little bit more. Trying to figure out what kind of maltiness that is. Yeah, it's not um, like uh it's not like a big bready barley aroma. It's almost kinda of like the malt you smell like from an alt beer or something like that, right? Where it's a little more Vienna malt, a little more um It it feels to me like a weird cross between a French bread and an oatmeal cookie. Okay. Yeah, so if I was trying to describe that, you know, alt beer type smell a little bit more, right? I mean, that's a combination of the fair amount of Vienna malts and, you know, some continental hops and things like that. Um, so it doesn't have this big, bready, you know, especially not like graham crackery type smell. It's, it's um, almost like white bread crust or something like that, right? Where it's a little more um, tart. No, tart's the right word I want to use. Uh, like if you like tried to cut all the white off a of white bread crust and just ate this ribbon of white bread crust, that's kind of what I'm um, picture picturing. Some so. parents out there may have to do that for their kids. But like you, like, I mean, you have to get rid of all the, the bread, you know, so it's just a thin ribbon crust. Just the crust. Part. Just the crust. Like if you were like licking the crust, right, that's kind of the, the smell I'm getting. So what we're saying is a lot of melanoidins. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of these darker, somewhat caramelized mm-hmm. parts of the bread, of, of the bread proteins. Right. Flavor? Hoppy. Very, very hoppy. It's right up there with, you know, West Coast uh, barley wine, like Bigfoot. I like it. I like... We talked just last week, or maybe two weeks ago, how we don't prefer hoppy imperial stouts and things like that and I would generally say the same thing about barley wines I would generally say give me an English barley wine over a West Coast barley wine any day of the week but I like the flavor combinations going on in this one let me get into it a little bit more please do I'm having trouble figuring it out so please so I'm getting a big citrus blast up front uh, mostly orange yeah, you know, so it's probably like a Cascades or something like that. Might have a blend of, um, Simcoe or something like that coming along with it. And it then gets into, you know, some of the maltiness, but the maltiness is really second fiddle to the hop flavor on this thing. You know, it's a big multi beer, but there's also a big hoppy flavor. Um, it's almost a little bit reminiscent of like an Arrogant Bastard, but without all the bitterness, um getting a little bit of, you know, I mean, just giving you, like, a a benchmark to start from, you know, it it reminds me of that, but it's not nearly as bitter as, you know, like an arrogant bastard type Odeo or something like that. Kind of orangey, more on the tang-like level Mm. of orange. Mm -hmm. Not to say process, but to say taking some of the essential oils, but not Mm -hmm. all of them. Right. There is, underneath it, a... I'm still still falling back on sugar cookie or something like that, a cookie sort of sweetness with the malt, but that citrusy note is pretty powerful and pretty mm. strong, yeah we poured pretty big glasses here, I right? guess I wasn't uh, yeah. <laughs> thinking about about that when we poured the glass. What was the a b v on this one? I I'm not sure. I, I think it's ten yeah, percent it, or something like that. Right. But this was bottle five hundred forty one of the twenty thirteen release. They actually have a link that says "View details on Beer Advocates. They have a link to Beer Advocate on their website, but then it's just showing me blank. So I don't know. Dead what's link. Going on. Beer Advocate must have updated or something. And- They say it's a big beer, usually around ten percent, but mm-hmm. it, 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 these hmm, this hoppiness is is tingling now, my tongue a little it, bit. It's interesting. They do say on the label American barley wine style ale, right? Right. Not um not English, right? right. And um Aleworks has gone through some changes in the several years, right? They used to be Williamsburg Brewing Company or I mean excuse me, they used to be Williamsburg Aleworks. It, man, I'm a little bit gassy here. Now they're just it Brewing Company. a lot company. of beer to start in, yeah. in, the, in the pre-show. And uh, so, you know, they probably reformulated this. They definitely made it more hoppy. But I think there's a good balance on this beer. I'm enjoying it. I'm still getting used to it. it it's not undrinkable. It's not... Mm-hmm. And what I like about it is with all this hoppiness, like you said, it's not mm-hmm. bitter. Yeah. But I haven't come around to really appreciating the flavor yet. Right. Um, I... I Again, I'm not against the flavor, Mm -hmm. but I'm not just digging it. Not to the point where I'm like, wow, yeah, I want more of this. I'm still exploring it and trying to figure my way around it to see whether I like it or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, the more I drink it, I hate to repeat myself, but the more it's reminding me of an arrogant pasture without all the bitterness. I mean, because it has a big orangey hoppy flavor, compared, you know, um, in addition to barley wine level amount of malt you know so i'm trying to think like what old ales what barley wines you know it doesn't necessarily remind me of bigfoot you know it it reminds me more of of the arrogant pastor like i just said It'd it'd be awesome to have a you know like an accurate not an estimation but an accurate ibu reading on this right and compare it to other barley wines and to things like arrogant pastor. If if you're not a fan of bitter bombs then this mm-hmm. is, you know, this is a good beer because it does not have bitter. Doesn't mm-hmm. lay on your tongue. What does lay on your tongue is that kind of orange note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The orange definitely outlasts any of the multi-flavors. Um you don't get a big boozy flavor on this thing. Uh, you can tell it's a big beer. Yeah, uh, just because of the the um saturation of flavors, you right. know, the intensity of flavors. Um, but you don't get any booziness, so it could be a little sneaky. The big glass we have. <laughs> yeah, I got carried away pouring it. We'll pour smaller samples of the other ones. Sorry about that. That's okay.
1: If you want to
0: pour it in here... You can. No, 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 yeah. I, I, I want to okay. continue to explore, because I, I have not figured this one out yet. Okay, And it... It's somewhat bugging me that I'm not able to just really embrace it to really put my spin on what it is because yeah, I mean, it's still been, confusing. You've been, you've been nailing things. you know pretty on with your palate in the, last, in the last couple months. So, yeah, come on. Get in there. Figure it out. <laughs> I may have met my match. You know another beer that this reminds me of. I feel bad that I keep like calling think out you A little an bit example. of a parsley kick in there. Parsley? Yeah, I think I could see parsley. Yeah. It's been, uh, you know, like Lagunitas Hairy Eyeballs, another big hoppy barley wine, right? And the, you know, this is again, as we're saying, West Coast. It reminds me more of that than opposed to the quintessential West Coast, which would be Sierra Nevada's Bigfoot, right? How about this one new potato new potato and uh, not i let me try to figure that out, but I don't think so actually, I just got uh, the last sip I got I got a kind of a little a little nip of a, a pretty decent mango flavor hmm not a bad pull No, i'm 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 with you on that the new potato maybe potatoes not maybe even something along the lines of, of something kidney bean and, and the reason why is there's something I believe vaguely starchy mm-hmm. in that flavor. Something that reminds me of some of a starch that really falls apart in your mouth and that's why potatoes come up or or beans or something like that. If, if I'm looking for that, I mean, maybe some of the mouthfeel right past, you know, right behind the, the carbonate, carbonic zing. Yes. Right. there. maybe there's a little bit, this is really stretching it, but, but maybe there's a little bit there that's kind of like a, a potato breaking up in your mouth, something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's more of a mouthfeel thing than it's a yeah. flavor. If there is a flavor there, it's only because that flavor is the essence of that feeling of falling of falling apart. It's like I was talking about that pre-show. You know where I had that sandwich, yeah. right, with the chicken liver pate and the bacon? Yeah. And I was like, one of their other sandwiches had a runny egg on it. And I'm like, oh, I really am in the mood for an egg yolk, runny egg right now? And I was eating this chicken liver pate, and because of all the the connotations that the bacon carried with it, yeah. I was tasting egg yolk, you know, in yeah, the mean, same mouthfeel. Well, we should clarify, there's a difference between taste and flavor. Mm-hmm. I mean, taste is just how it how it responds to the chemical uh the chemical reaction on your tongue and the various ways the receptors pick up the, the taste but the flavor is the combination of that and the aroma and then everything else that it brings up mm-hmm. and it turns into a mélange as it were in your mouth right. uh, and in your brain so flavor is is a is a huge mm-hmm. open book I'm happy the beer wasn't flat or worse, broken when it came in the middle. Mm-hmm. While we are doing barley wines, so might as well do the other one. Mm-hmm. And this puppy here is a 10-year-old barley wine from Heavyweight Brewing Company, which closed in oh, seven? Like 2007. Yeah. yeah, So this is from New Jersey, this what is it? what's his name? Tom Tom Baker. Tom Baker. He runs. He's Earth. also Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> he runs Earth Bread and Brewery in uh, outside of Philly, in uh, Mount Airy, Pennsylvania, and uh,
1: this yeah. is a
0: 2004 barley wine. So this, this is, is an is... example of one of my superpowers, yes. right? Where I can keep beers in the cellar forever and this is actually is not my last heavyweight beer. I have one more and it's that uh, remember that Gruet that we had and I took the we popped the cap off and it shot through the ceiling? Yes, I yes. <laughs> I have one more of those in the fridge. <laughs> as long as there'd be more of that smoked beer. Oh uh, no, that's gone. <laughs> Cinderbach. Thank God. <laughs> I remember that show, you can listen back, I forget what number it is, but if you, it, Scott was on it from, from East right, End, right. and you guys were talking, you guys were just talking about the beer, and I was like, oh my god, I can't stand this. <laughs> it's stinking up the room if I remember, right? Because like, it was such a smoky beer. Yeah. It, it tastes like ham and clove, and just, oh yeah, it was not the best uh, smoked beer. Who knows? I mean, today I may have a different... Opinion of it, right. because today my palate has evolved considerably. But it was, it was in your face. It was sure. it was in your face for sure. Let's see how a ten year old beer Ooh, lasts. That smells smells good. It's not hoppy. That's for sure. Ooh, oh, that smells quite tasty. I was looking on the beer reviewing sites, just curious to see how many bottles of this beer is still in existence, right? And the show um, notes have a link to Beer Advocate. On Beer Advocate, it was last reviewed. Uh, in June of 2005... or wait, no. Uh, August of 2006. Um, so it hasn't been reviewed for quite a while. Um, however, on uh, Rape Beer, it was reviewed last March. Wow. And pretty steadily since. So uh, I guess the Rape Beers win <laughs> with the, with the heavyweight crowd. Jeff yeah. asked the question, I think, before the show, how many people actually have heavyweight beers left over. I think the answer is some people do. Yeah. All right. So I'm measuring 52 degrees on this puppy. I'm at 57. But, that, again, that's just a service. But mm-hmm. I I think it, it seems pretty – at a pretty good level. Oh, to, yeah. This one's opening up a lot at a low, lower yeah. temperature, too. The aroma. So the aroma that we've been kind of oogling over. Like a maple syrup with, with – uh, Plum or pruny notes, and maybe some even cherry notes in there. I'm getting now. Some people will think we're just splitting hairs here, but I am seriously getting really strong fig flavor in this. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a dark fruits, mm-hmm. beer. right? But I mean, for me, it's it's it's, it's really not a lot of just fig. dark fruits. It's 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 definitely fig. I'm getting tons of fig. I mean, I want to drive it home. I just kind of want to make the statement that for me, it's just. Yeah, I'm. I can't disagree with you on that. When you, you know, because I was pulling up other various dark fruits, but right. when you pull figs, it's like, yeah, that kind of slots right in the place. It kind of, yeah. it's like trying to put one of those, I mean, square you, pegs in a round hole, yeah. and you find the hole. Yeah, you, but, find, yeah. you find the right piece and it fits in. And like when you smell it, you can almost, you almost can like imagine biting into a fig and like having all those tiny little seeds pop in your mouth and mm-hmm. all that. like it. It just took me right to eating a fig. Mm, it smells like an Yeah. <laughs> tune into the pre-show for that reference big mold flavor here yeah the brown sugar the the syrup uh some molasses big oh just oh smells oh it smells so good just man you can smell a little bit of the alcohol on there Mm -hmm. too i think that that's providing a good note not a bad note yeah it's not like hot or acidic, but there is a, a, a slight alcohol note that's just helping the volatilization of those of those aromas. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, I was, that was at the next place I was going to go. And yeah, it's just a, a minor note of, of booziness. Booziness is even the right word. You can just taste the alcohol or smell the alcohol a little bit of vapor coming off the beer. No idea what the ABV on this sucker is. I don't even have it on Beer Advocate. So they put a question mark. I'm yeah, thinking high. I mean, I'm thinking ten, eleven, most likely. I don't think this. This was before really big beer. I mean, one of our beers is fifteen percent. This is before really big beers became in you know, a major thing. So I, yeah. I still think that at ten percent is probably where this kind of tops out. In in knowing heavyweight, you know, it was a fairly small operation. You yeah. know, um, probably didn't have. I mean. The best readings they had were homebrewer level readings, right yeah. with hydrometers. They didn't have anything beyond that, so you know i I wouldn't you know fault them for omitting it from the label yeah but it's a barley wine is boozy lots of carbonation on the first tip that's the first impression I got was this big foamy explosion in my mouth um. <laughs> You are a dirty, dirty boy. Uh, you know, but you said it, man. <laughs> it kind of washed away anything else that, I, like the the velvety, You know, I was expecting a lot more molten velvet, and lusciousness. Oh, wow. And I just want to mention the carbonation it kind of washed it away. I'm going to kind of swirl this and try to calm it down a little bit. That has a very interesting evolution, and it's still evolving. Hmm. You can get a foamy explosion. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> vanilla, mm-hmm. lots of mm-hmm. vanilla. Almost, I, I, it's making me think of like a um. Vanilla pecan sundae type thing, so like caramel pecans, vanilla, like all those flavors are like right there. You're yeah, you're you're right on. There is, I wouldn't say figs. Did is, I say pecan is, right, James? James, hey James, did I say pecan right? Let's listen to see if James says anything. I didn't say pecan, so that's good. I know that's wrong. It's it's always hard to remember exactly how to how those Southerners say pecan is pecan? No. No. It's uh, I'm pretty sure it's pe- it's if if con is not right then it's more of a pecan. Like a, the eh is more important. If I, if if I'm not saying this is kind of thing like where a Yankee can't hear the difference, right? But I grew up in Maryland and we used to say water. Water. So now I say water. I've been forced into saying water actually now it's just what i do and i listen to my parents say water and i'm like what (laughs) but uh anyway i'm sorry for interrupting that's your milk instead of milk 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 instead of milk here milk no no no. where i came from okay okay back to the beer all right or milk instead of milk milk Mm. Hmm. really a lot of great flavors going mm-hmm. on here I'm surprised how much vanilla every step it's like boom vanilla it tastes, it tastes lots of vanilla like a, a vanilla caramel you know like a but, caramel yeah. with a lot of vanilla in it there's a lot of flavors you find in a good bourbon oh absolutely but this doesn't have without that, having that boozy well right it, doesn't, it doesn't taste like a barrel aged beer it doesn't taste but it's a lot of those great flavors that you get but in it's not good... woody i think that yeah. that helps it actually it helps that it's 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 spent ten years and has just enough oxidation oh, it, it, to give it you know a, a beautiful it could have gone i mean bigfoot yeah doesn't last... isn't optimal with ten years Bigfoot falls off the cliff around six years, you know. When we did those verticals, right? It was about the five, six, seven-year mark. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, we had 10-year-old Bigfoots, and they just tasted oxidized and stale. Yeah, it, it's And check this out. The heavyweight bottles are screw-offs, right? Yeah. And screw caps. And those are notorious for not crimping as good as crown caps. It's amazing this isn't an oxidized mess. It is. It really is. No, I- I've had this in the fridge for probably about three or four years. So I've... Decelerated the aging by keeping yes, it cold. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, but man, it's it's wonderful. It really is quite like delicious. Wonderful. It's got lots of great flavors to it. It's got a bit of a bit of a nutmeg thing going on. Just a bit. A little Go bit out and find this beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got uh, definitely a, a a plummy thing happening. A little bit of a cherry. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's such a saturation of deliciousness in every sip. It's just such a full flavor. uh, You know, a little bit of um, a combination of like cherry cream soda was something I got in the last sip. You know, like cream soda, cherry soda. Yeah, cream soda is, you know, vanilla and... -hmm. A lot of the same flavors we've been seeing. Basically. Yeah. It, it's, it's just delicious. I... I hesitate to say a whole lot about it because it's not something everybody can get. It's not something everybody can just, oh, let me give the 2004 Old Salty from Heavyweight. That's just not something <laughs> yeah. people are going to find. It's it's funny. We I only brought this beer out tonight because we only had, we had three beers and Greg was like, you got one more? And, yeah. and the fridge is kind of sparse and all the bottles were big. It's like, hmm, well, I got this Heavyweight way back here. Let's break it out. It might steal the show. <laughs> it's pretty damn awesome. It is. It is really, really good. It's it, it definitely is more of a sipper because of all the complexity we were getting from it. There's a whole bunch of different flavors coming out, but they all reside in the same sort of area. There's those darky, fruity places that also merge into some of the spicy, some of the nutmegs, some of the cinnamon, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. There's the 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 and stuff, the vanilla that's coming out, which borders slightly on chocolate. The only reason it borders slightly on chocolate is because vanilla is such a huge component in the chocolate flavor, mm. and it's it's got just a lot. and And the the alcohol is just at the right amount to volatilize yeah. those flavors nicely and give us a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of smelling and, and tasting of that. Again, this is the Heavyweight Brewing two thousand four Old Salty. Heavyweight Brewing closed a long time ago. But you can still find Tom Baker making beer in at the uh, Earthbread and Brewery. And he makes good pizzas there too. Flatbreads. Mm, this is a piece of beer. <laughs> okay, wh- okay, what would go with this if you had to pick something? I think it's that um caramel pecan vanilla sundae that I talked about at the beginning. <laughs> I don't see, yeah. I, I'd really, I mean, there's just such an s- intensity, and it's a, f- a fairly sweet mouthfeel at the end. I, I don't see this going with, like, a savory meat or something like that. Like you know. Sometimes you can be surprised by what goes yeah. with the savory stuff. I think the sweet stuff has a smaller mm-hmm. dimension of what can go with it, but the savory stuff, you can actually pair a lot with it. Yeah, but, like, I'm, like the closest thing I can think of is, you know, like a... Like, Brilliant, brilliantly done steak, you know, like a... Well, um, like, imagine this with, like, a really bare gnocchi. Maybe, I don't, maybe I'm not picturing the right thing. Gnocchi is that sort of potato yeah, dumpling pasta? Yeah, no, yeah I'm not... I don't, I don't see how that goes with this at all. I mean, I can see this with... with and when I say bare, I mean, like, not, like... Cover with sauce, like you know, a garlicky kind right. of oil. That's sauce. the only way I've ever had It's just a yeah. light butter sauce. So. I think this might go well with it. I think that the the gnocchi has a kind of a going back to the potatoes again, weirdly yeah, enough. Yeah. I mean, maybe with the butter sauce, right? Something that that's you know rich, in yeah. rich and you know fatty. Wood. I think that's the, that's it. This the richness of it, mm-hmm. and the textural component, and then this sort of lays on top of that oh. textural component. Talking about rich and whatnot, what about some foie gras? Yes, I can see this going with foie gras. I can see this going, yeah, with with a lot of uh, tiramisu, right? I can see this going with a lot of, you know, really yeah, rich Yeah, like things. a big, th- um, yeah, uh, ladyfinger, something with a really thick, heavy cream in it. Yeah. You know, that, we, that could work, too. Actually, that would kind of, yeah, I guess that would work real well. The beer that nobody can get, ever, anywhere. I I hope that that us trying to figure out foods is meaningful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I believe that the whole reason we do it is because we're trying to elucidate something. Because not everybody can drink the beer. I mean, if we can do any kind of thing for, uh, I think that's a good point. You know, I'm trying to think how can we get some redeeming value out of this, right? Maybe we just kind of talk about how, you know. Aging barley wines can really pay off. You know, sometimes they they don't, but you know, if you have the uh, fortitude, you know, a really cool thing to do is to buy a six pack of a barley wine every year. Mm -hmm. First year, but only drink one of them. So you know, buy a six pack, drink one. That means you got five more next year. Buy another six pack. Right now you can drink last year's and this year's, and then buy another six pack. So then you'll have this ever. Every eventually after six years, every year you'll be able to do a vertical six pack of the beer. Um, if you want to go twelve years, get two six packs, you know, that kind of thing. Barley wines are really kind of ideal for this. Anything that has a lot of alcohol I would tend to stay away from these huge hot bombs. Yeah, I mean you don't want to age double IPAs. Um it's argue. you know, you can argue about aging hoppy barley wines. I think you can. I'm not going to tell you not to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bigfoot is best at four. I must. Yeah, have, oh, I, I think I misspoke earlier when I said Bigfoot falls off the cliff at five years or so. Because I think it falls off the cliff if I remember, probably about seven or eight years, and it's in its prime, three, four, five years. You know, that's where you, that's where I like Bigfoot the best. But a lot of the hoppiness falls to the bottom of the bottle. And you get a more English-style beer. You get something like this, this yeah. right? And, uh, yeah, start collecting barley wines. Uh, I got a big, that's about all that's in the cellar right now, you know. And a couple of years ago, we had a big barley wine um, gathering. You know, I had a whole bunch, and I invited friends over, and the only requirement was, bring one barley wine. And we, we drank as much as we could, and we had so much left over. <laughs> I think the lesson is really don't age pilsners. That's don't age IPAs. Don't age remember, IPAs. But... Remember when I aged that Stouts Double IPA? I, I the only th- no I don't. But it I was do... early on. It was like pre before we started the show, oh. okay? and we had some left when we started the show. Uh, it was when Stouts Double IPA first came out, and I was thinking that it would turn into. Uh, uh, golden barley wine or something like that it it aged fairly well but really it wasn't as good as when it was fresh it's like saying you're going to take like Sierra Nevada Torpedo and age it no or you're going to take Hetty Topper and age it no drink those beers fresh and then don't age a wheat beer those don't age well the stronger the better yeah the less hoppy the better the darker in color the better yeah um Old ales age great. Tons of variables in there, right? There's exceptions to the rule, you know. But that's that's what it comes down to is you know. And yeah, set up a little cellar. And I, I don't want to go on the side too long, but then next question is, you know, what's a reasonable cellar? And we've said this. I haven't said it in quite a couple of years, probably. So I think it's worth saying again: is do the best that's reasonable for you. Right. You know, your ideal beer cellar is at 52 degrees. Not many people are going to use. Invest in keeping a room in their house at 52 degrees and at a certain level of humidity, and yeah, there's all types of things. I mean, mine is in the back of the basement here behind the studio, and I've done some things to make that room a little more temperature controlled. I've put foam insulation around the heating duct. I, um, in the summer. Open the air conditioning vent right. in the winter. I close the heating vent. You know, it but probably, it probably hit seventy at, at some point. Right? Yeah, its average year round temperature is probably sixty six degrees. Yeah, right. It's not an ideal cellar, but it's the best I can do, and it works generally well. You're not going to be able to age beer for forty years in my cellar. Even with my superpower of aging beers, forty years is pretty impressive. I don't really intend on doing anything that long. Yeah, but well, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But you know, just do the best you can with aging these beers. Um, For just fine, they're not going to develop. I, as I much would, in a I would love to do a craft beer radio in twenty thirty seven, and <laughs> and find something that you have back there. The problem with aging beers in a fridge is they're not going to develop as much. Now, if you have a controller on your fridge to keep it in the mid-40s, high-40s. That works, but I, I personally would rather have the beers in the 60s than in the 40s if you want them to develop. Yes, I agree. So, Speaking of developing, I don't know why it's speaking of developing. Whoa, what was that? <laughs> what? What? I forgot all about the commercial where I would have done that instead of preaching about beer selling. Anyway, you guys love Craft Beer Radio, right? I do. You know the way you can help support the show that you love? That's a restart. Well, there It's it <laughs> really easy, and you're going to do it anyway. Everyone shops on Amazon.com. It's just where you buy stuff Everyone. in the 21st century. Um, I don't shop anywhere else, but my groceries—I don't. I, 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 I'm just joking. But anyway, I buy, you buy a lot of ghee. stuff on. There. You buy lots of ghee on Amazon. I used Com. to. Used to. No I more? make it now. Okay. It's it's a little bit easier to make it now myself. I think I've okay. I figured out how to make it relatively easily. Okay. But when you're shopping on Amazon.com, all we ask is that you go to our website instead of Amazon.com, and we'll refer you right through back to Amazon. And you can go to craftbeerradio.com and click on the little Amazon link. But, you know, if you are more of a direct-minded type person, all you have to do is put in craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's it. And we use a little fancy web page, web geek, web developer thing to forge you across. The referral link's embedded in there, and you just shop. That's all there is to it. Yeah, that's how you can support us. That's the best way to support us. I mean, you can. If you need hosting, Bluehost. If you're looking for web hosting, go to CraftbeerRadio.com and click on the Bluehost link. Um, you can get web hosting for I think they're advertising like four ninety five a month right yeah. now. Yeah, um, it's you pretty to, good. It's time for a year, and uh, we've been using that ever since the beginning of Craft Beer Radio. It's a decent web host. Uh, takes a little bit of knowledge to uh, get things up and running, but they do have some like one click install type stuff. Yeah, it's no Squarespace. But it won't help you build a website. But if you just want to host a website and you have a little bit of technical knowledge, I think. But then again, it's, you're, it's not a good suit, yeah, $24, you're not so paying twenty four dollars a month either. kind of the kind of fee you you are. So anyway, right. back and to the show. Back to the beers and the show. That was wow! That was good. That was very very good. Much better than I expected. I expected an oxidized mess. Actually, me too. I didn't expect much. I mean, the last heavyweight beer I can remember, besides this one, was mm-hmm. that uh, that big smoky mess that we had. Which one would you like to do next? Would you like to do the Ale-Aged and Chardonnay barrels, or would you like to do the Barrel-Aged Blended Ale, Dark and Delicious? Well, I kind of say we end with the 15% one, so let's go with the not 15% one. Well, I don't know which one that is. The brewery is a 15% Okay, one. <laughs> so... This is the Chardonnay French Oak Melange à Trois. It's the first beer in in the review series from Nebraska Brewing Company. 10% alcohol by volume. It is aged... It's a Belgian-style blonde ale that is aged six months in a French Oak Chardonnay wine barrel for maturation. It won some awards... 2009 U.S. Open Beer Competition Wood Barrel Aged Strong Ale, Silver. This uh, was available in how? When when did you get this? That's a good question. I um, to be honest, I saw it in the uh, fridge today. I'm like, I didn't know I had this beer. I think Heather probably bought it um, five months ago four months ago somewhere there, interesting that this says available june fifteenth twenty ten I don't know if this is if they keep producing this or not on their website it says available june twenty fifth fifteenth twenty ten so that would be three and a half years ago already no there's no decode i can that I can discern on the bottle don't know but the aroma on the beer there's some Britannomyces in here, my friend. Can you see the bottle, if I may? Thank you. You may. Has a bit of grassy note. Has a bit of uh, a brine-washed cheese note. Almost, um, I hesitate to say Limburger, because Lindberger is such a stinky example of it, but there's a touch of that in the aroma. Greg is trying to compute something on the label there. Just wondering. You're reading, I think the beer you found online is a different beer from what, this beer? No, no, weirdly enough, no. Okay. All right. All right. I was just curious your perplexity. Yeah, I was perplexed because if Heather just bought this a couple of months ago, that means it's been sitting around for a while. she got a giant eagle. I can't imagine it's been yeah. sitting around for very long. So that's why I think that this is, even though they say... The info's wrong. The, the, the info's yeah. wrong. That's what i think. thinking. Won't be the first time we've seen a stale webpage. Bear is uh, not super duper clear. There's a bit of a haze to it, but it's pretty clear. You can see your fingerprint across the glass. Um, Golden We haven't talked about the color of the last two beers Because no. they were, well, they they were, were brown bark. They are yeah. barley wine beers, right? They're just brown This one's a uh, Golden straw No, straw's not the right color It's a uh, Honey Golden honey type color Has a persistent thin film of foam across the top Okay, so this is company. This this has been produced more and more. So, like, it okay. won some other awards. 2012, it won a Los Angeles International thing. And 2012, also won a United States Beer Tasting Championship Regional World. So, yeah, this is... Yeah, uh, I've heard of Melange Trois. It kind of has a little bit of a rip. You know, the uh, Nebraska Melange Trois. Trois. Melange Trois. Milling got right age ross or choice choice this is the aroma is it bread or is it just it's got to be Brett. Well, there has got to be some bread in there a, it does a smell Brett, but there's also there's a bit also, of a, a, bit of a woody stuff too right? I mean, what well, is barrel age right? Yeah. i mean but you know what i'm picking up is and i don't want to use the common you know, farm horse blanket. It's not really leathery. I'm not getting much leathery. No, you're. That's right. It it's bready, and but but that doesn't say that yeah. it's not bready. It's a bretty. Confirm or deny my assertion that there's a bit of a, a brine-washed cheese in there, like a Limburger or something like that. Yes. No. Maybe. I'm not denying it. Okay, it's it's not straight on Limburger. Yeah, but there's. Right. It, it's across the room. It's over there sitting on a plate. Yeah. Up. Yeah. I mean, this, well, actually, to, to be honest with you, if you give a big whiff, you smell it more than if you give a cursory okay. sort of whiff. There's a little bit of a, a straw, more hay-type character to this. So it's Chardonnay barrels, right? So there's not going to be a huge oak component because it's not fresh oak. Mm-hmm. it's um, not going to be a bourbon component or a whiskey-type component. It's going to be a wine-type component. I'm just looking at some of the there reviews, get, and none of them say bready. None of them, them have anything about a, a bret or something along those lines. Okay, so can we, step, can we walk this back? Can we get back off the ledge and say that I miss... Construed no, because I think Chardonnay. you're right. I think that it smells bready. It smells like it now, has... Now that we're saying this, though, I just had something pop into my mind. James Spencer from Bay Supreme Radio interviewed these guys. And um, I'm pretty sure a portion of the interview was about this beer and Chardonnay and misdiagnosed Britannomyces. Oh, it's all coming back to me now. I, I will admit, I mean, most of the, the wine I drink is red. Mm-hmm. I don't drink a lot of white right. wines. Chardonnay, very popular white wine. Like Someone here says, okay, so someone, this guy named Drake says aroma of pale buttery malts citrus stone fruits spice perfume notes dry white grapes and mild wood i would agree with some of that but not all of that if you're looking for the episode with paul kavaluck from Nebraska brewing it was uh, may 20, may 23rd 2013 on basic brewing radio um And I am almost certain he talks about Britannomyces and Chardonnay and people getting confused, especially beer judges. So like, pale buttery malts I can see. Citrus, maybe a little bit. Stone fruits, no. Spice, eh, perfume notes, sure. Dry white grapes, yeah, probably mild wood, yes. But there's, Mm -hmm. there's something to it that definitely reminds me of Brett. I think you're right on Brett, but also is veiled. So maybe wine. it's more so. You know, when we say something tastes like passion fruit, it doesn't have passion fruit in it, right? Right. Yes. So now we're saying it, it smells like bread. We're not saying that there's bread in it. We're just saying it has some of those it, characters. It has That's some all. character. There in we there. go. There we go. There's some yeah. credibility back in my pocket. Thank you. <laughs> well, the real test will be in the flavor, right? Because you can mm-hmm. taste bread. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go into the flavor here. Does not taste like bread. No, it has a. Hmm, that's that's interesting. It has a very uh, fruit, acidic fruit. Like, I, I didn't want to say citrusy, right? But there's an acidic fruit flavor. Well, in it, there. it's it's got a lot of grape. It it just does. It it plainel has a lot it, of that it, green grape. It does, but it's got something else going on. It's got, it's got oakiness. It's got. um... Oh, what do I want to use? I don't want to say grapefruit. I don't want to grapefruit. say lemon. I don't want to say there may be a little lemon, but more like a Jolly Rancher lemon, if anything. If anything, okay. uh, not like a, a not a pure lemon, and I'm not saying Jolly Rancher to insult mm-hmm. it. Right. Oh, I'm sure that Jolly Ranchers and corporations would be very yeah. They're heartbroken. You're insulting. <laughs> they're not going to advertise on our show anymore. We should uh, we should uh, there's our April Fool's idea right there. We get the Jelly Belly beer flavor, and we review the Jelly Bellies on the show. What do you think? <laughs> I only said it out loud because it was a joke. I did, that's why I laughed. I did see I did see a sheet. I think I think Jelly Belly made it, but it could have been a a viral thing that someone else made. But they're talking about taking the Jelly Belly beer flavors and mixing them with the raspberry beers to give you a lambic blend, mixing it with the coffee beans to give you a coffee porter type blend. So it had like eight different beer blends. Why not? To pair with the Jelly Belly beer beans. Why not? I mean... It's it's forward-looking because... Yeah, there's such a big flavorful amount of beer that... yeah. the, the The only problem with that is that they made a vice beer jelly bean huh So you're not gonna really compare put that with coffee. I would be interested to see if someone could make a coffee vice beer. Maybe there's room out there. We've seen things like IPAs that have coffee in them, right? I mean mm-hmm. we've seen things that yeah. we wouldn't necessarily associate. Yeah. So I, I think that especially if you're just doing jelly beans it may be i don't know whether it's easier or harder mm-hmm. to kind of make flavor combinations but they i mean they had like i mean the person who made this be it someone at jelly belly or someone just doing this viral little picture you know infographic but they're like take the beer ones and mix them with the pink grapefruit and you get ipa you know it was like someone was really thinking through yeah these jelly bean blends to make different styles of beer analogs it was pretty it was interesting and if it came from someone with Jelly Belly, I give them some props. However, all their flavors are 100% artificial, right? So it's kind of like... Hmm. What does that mean, their what flavors that are artificial? Mean? I don't know. You're drinking plastic. I don't... No, I... Well, you're not drinking them. Are you drinking them, Jelly Belly? Eating, bellies? eating <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Forgive me. The flavors have to come from somewhere, right? So they can't be this is, artificial. So let's get back to the... Uh, Melange et Trois. Belgian style ale from Nebraska Brewing Company. Now, where does the three come in? Unless it's just a play on a Menage et I imagine. Well, you would think they would be more likely to use it if there was three elements. Right. But what would the three elements be? Or, or I mean, it, it could just be a play. It could just be a play on Menage et mm-hmm. because it is a melange. Release that's what they're saying. A mélange means mixture. But a mélange à deux is not as exciting as a mélange à trois. Right. But, I mean, if you're, if you're just saying, it's a mélange, but, hey, let's call it mélange à trois because it sounds like a mélange à trois. That, mm. You know what it reminds me of? Well, there it, does was, there use, was a, it does use French oak, right? So that right. that is why they use the French um, slogan, name, phrase, whatever. There was a Star Trek episode, Star Trek Next Generation, where one of the characters' name is 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 Diana Troy, and mm-hmm. it's called Menage a Troy, but then again, it did have a mm-hmm. a I believe it had a relationship thing with her choosing between two different suitors. Yeah, this doesn't really indicate, other than the French oak, why they picked the name. It's not Brett. It's just it's plain ol' isn't no, bread. No, it smelled bready, but it's not bread. It's mm. weirdly enough, you, you you brought up passion fruit as kind of a joke, mm. but I think that there is something a little bit like. that. It's probably that. like that, but you know, there's a there's this acidity or this grape grape juice yeah. or something. Yeah. But it, it's it doesn't remind me of grape juice. It reminds me of something that would be between.
1: Lemon. Reminds me of summer
0: camp. So I, I really hate throwing this out because I have a very limited exposure with kumquats, but mm. I but it, they're very tart, not mm. maybe not as tart as as um, grapefruit, but they're also kind of orangey, right? And I'm, I'm I'm kind of thinking like kumquats again. Well, I mean, I have a very limited exposure with cactus pears. But I've thrown that out before. Yeah. So I don't. You know, I, I I'd say there's nothing wrong with you throwing that out. I'm I'm not a... I really don't have any experience with Cumquats that I know of. So yeah. that's a I can't funny name, confirm though. it. It's a really funny name. It's a great name. It has oh. Cum and Quat in it. Cumquat. Come on, that's crazy. I mean, you can just let the cum go. The Quat is what's the other Quat is... Yeah, I mean... It, it's... It, it kind of has a K in it. And K is funny. We know exactly. that. So... I think we've had enough on this show. Let's try to (laughs) let's try to stay on topic. You think? (laughs) I I don't know. I think we can go on further. Let's let's just keep going. (laughs) I'm still still analyzing this and trying to find what Mm -hmm. I can get in here. There's something floral in there, too. Right. There's something. There's a tulipy, maybe. I mean, there's there's a pollen thing. Yeah. Definitely, like um, wildflower, like the fluorescence out of wildflower right. honey or something sure. like that. You get a bit of that. Um, I, I had something on my last sip that now has escaped me. Let me see if I can get it again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm getting a fair amount of, of white wine, but it has a little extra... Has a little acidic zing that I'm not used to in a white wine. Right, right. Beyond it, it's it's a fascinating beer. I'm glad we had it tonight. I am too. Give this glass a rinse. All right, so we are ending with the brewery. So the last beer was Mélange etoi, and this is Mélange number three from the brewery. It's a barrel aged beer blended. It's a blend of three bourbon barrel aged strong ales. It's a blend of white oak sap, which is a wheat wine. Black Tuesday, which you've had Tuesday, before. Yeah. And mm, I don't know. Something else? Anniversary ales. Anniversary ales. Okay. So 15.5% alcohol by volume, a limited release. And like the label says, it's dark and delicious. This is uh, again a huge thank you to Gary Frank. Yes, sir. Let's pour this sucker. Pour is it's again a dark one. The next level bonkers? Well, you just smell it and you're like, okay, yep, that's that's a that's good beer. That's the brewery, yeah, that reminds you. Well, you know, their anniversaries like the Solera yeah. ones one, right? What's the name of it? It's, uh, which one? Anniversary Beers. What's that one? They use the Solera, right, where they pull some out and I can taste it, but I can't think of the name right now in my memory. Anniversary Beers called. Everyone's yelling at their radios right now. Uh, it, it's called I'll look it up later let's just uh... well they have their winter seasonals should... uh, no no, their anniversary is something particular this is where we need a production assistant on the show <laughs> he can look this stuff up for us so we can sound like we're smart oh wow, Ooh, wow. Kind of, it kind of smells like a deeper version of the heavyweight, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, well, this one has barrels to help it, right? Yes, yeah, so this one has a little more woodiness and a little more richness, and it helps it get so it what it does it helps it gets to that point without having to age it for 10 years. That's a good point where you can uh fast track the right. beer, yeah. <laughs> It does carry a big barrel flavor, though. I mean, that's one of the biggest differences from it. You know, the moist smell is warmed up a little bit here. Let's see. We are at 55 degrees. And that's without much cupping and warming. And and this beer will probably open up even more with a little more temperature. Absolutely. Hmm. So, it's interesting that it has a wheat wine in it because mm-hmm. it's not typical for a, for a dark beard to have oh, oh it has a wheat component in it I mean other than a Bites of Bach or something yeah like but I mean but, a, but also to have Black yeah. Tuesday with a wheat wine that just that well they're crazy over there at the brewery they are they are and crazy. and that that's sort of what we love about them and we love about Patrick and his compatriots I think what we love most about them is they make great beer, <laughs> and they withstand their hype. But yeah. uh, recently, they've had some problems with recalls, like because they've had some quality control issues with beer. Hmm. So wow. hopefully, they get that licked relatively soon, and it's not a chronic problem with them. I think that that can sometimes be. I don't want to sound like an apologist here, but it can sometimes be a point of when you grow too big, when uh. you grow too fast. Rather, you get you um. may you may lose some. I, I they use a lot of barrels barrels are unpredictable. Yeah. You know, that's, that's probably, I don't know. I would, I would think that that's a bigger part of it. And, uh, you know, they are getting a few years under their belt and things mutate, things get tolerances. So mm-hmm. like, you know, there's been stories of breweries getting the, you know, six, seven years where all the bugs in their brewery become resistant to their sanitizer type mm-hmm. thing and they get more infections. They're not quite seven years old yet, I don't think. Uh, but you know, it's 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 a battle. Battle with the microorganisms to to stay in front of them. Evolution is a harsh mistress. Alright, we've only smelled this beer, and this is the the smell is so fulfilling. It's hypnotic. It's so fulfilling that like yeah. We're almost content here, just smelling the beer all night. You feel like those old cartoons where you're lifted off the ground and sort of approaching the smell. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the uh, the aroma, pick, you know, the aroma cloud is lifting you off the ground by your nose. Your feet are fluttering. Yeah, it just sounds like if this, that could only happen in real life. It kind of is right <laughs> now. I I feel like I'm being lifted. It's funny. My nose is a little bit stuffy tonight, and I'm still able to smell, like, tons and tons of nuance in this beer. I mean, I guess it maybe got stuffy in the last part of the show because I don't remember having that issue earlier. But now I'm like... Okay, so what are we smelling is is the, the real question. Yeah, what are we smelling? We're smelling some... Uh, dark fruit but but not but a touch of dark fruit really leading into the molasses uh you get some wood some barrel not so molasses more no? I'm, I'm still more on the more on the side of this is maple syrupy syrup? than molasses huh. Because if i don't get that sort of dark really dark caramelization component See, i i i am i can't imagine a maple syrup is well, just a component rich. i don't i don't so, okay but i mean the same way I way you're looking at it as not being molasses not that i'm going to argue this you know this is hardly worth an argument but my feeling let's fight about it yes my feeling is the opposite what you're saying is not true i'm saying apple is true so i'm getting a little different impression there oh you said apple apple or, or pear something along those lines yeah pear's good um, you know when you say apple I kind of did I say apple I might have <laughs> somehow it came out <laughs> I think I was trying to say absolutely and it came out apple or something I don't know but uh, like candied apple like mm-hmm. caramel apple or something you know, that, that's oh like yeah definitely get it How about Maybe it feels like a like crab apple, which how is about, a little bit of, of, of a little kind of tartness there. Just a bit. Do you get any marshmallow? Marshmallow? Marshmallow. See, I, my next sniff, I don't get it at all. But I did have a... There's a little... You know what there is? There's a little campfire in there. Oh, Okay. taking a sip, I can't take it anymore and the sip brings <laughs> oh man oh my god the sip brings a mouthful of deliciousness that just keeps telling a story it progresses, it starts off a little bit of cinnamon and caramel and then it just gets richer and deeper and deeper yet oh man The aroma was so content that we were smelling it for minutes and minutes there, and the flavor kicks its ass. <laughs> that is, that is unfathomably good. That is really spectacularly good. Just in terms of, just in terms of the the, the range of stuff you're mm-hmm. tasting, you go from spice to fruit, back into sort of deep sugar, in, into more different fruits. It, it's There's a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you almost have to like take every half second of your taste experience and dissect each one separately because there's. I mean, we talk about a, a beer flavor that might have you know two or three progressions that we call that telling a story. This one is the Iliad. You know, this one, this one tells. Like there's like eight or nine different distinct. There's parts a couple to stories taste. going on at once. It feels like there's like three people talking at once, but somehow it all works. <laughs> it's jazz, man. Yeah, it's freaking jazz. But no, like, like I, when I was drinking it, I you know I just felt like chapter one, chapter two, yeah. like eight chapters in the flavor. Just like Nutella going on here, but there's also a little bit of of. Of sour cranberry and and cherry, and it does get really sour. Probably about four seconds in, like cranberry is a really good call. I was curious about that sour. I'm like, there's something really sharp in the middle that I'm not sure about. I mean, overall, mm-hmm. wonderful. You know, I'm not, but there was this one little thing I couldn't figure out. And as soon as he said cranberry. I mean, it is like, you know, when you're making the cranberry sauce from fresh cranberries at Thanksgiving, and as soon as the cranberries are starting to get a little mushy in the pot, right, and starting to mm-hmm. gi- starting to caramelize just a little bit, eat one of those, and they're still really tart, right? Yeah. But they're also a bit of sugar there. That's the kind of tartness you get about four seconds in. And there's like, but there's like chapters in front of the four seconds, and there's like a novel. There's a sequel after those four <laughs> seconds. It, it, the it's, flavor's nuts on this thing. It's the Lord of the Rings of beer. It's a really long thing with a whole bunch of different chapters and three different books in it. I mean, or, when it first starts out, before you hit that cranberry, you're getting some stuff that you kind of expect. You're getting some maltiness. You're getting, um, big brown sugar you're getting big malt you're getting an english barley wine type style much like the old salty Mm. then it turns into that cranberry thing that gets really tart and before i could figure out what it was it seemed sharp and off-putting but now that i'm picturing cranberry sauce it fits better but then it goes into almost a, a toffee, yeah. peanut buttery kind of thing. Yeah, what? Let me let me take another sip here, man. See if I can get some peanut butter. I can give you the toffee, but toffee might be a couple pages later. Well, I'm thinking nutty, so I'm thinking like mm-hmm. Nutella, that sort of thing. So, Okay, so immediately after the sharp tartness, it's kind of the beer's way back in the back of your throat at that point. So you get a little bit of the booziness. Now I'm getting caramel and vanilla, and this is where the hazelnut might come in too. Yeah. Wow, man! <laughs> wow, this we have had this beer before too, but this is like the first time tasting it. I mean, this is—I mean, I know I've had Melange Number Three before. I remember it being good. I don't remember if it, if we came across it the same way. This is. Uh, when have we had it before? When uh, we'll have to search the search Google, but I mean we've had this So we had it on the show before, yeah, Because I wonder if we had it at sixty three degrees before i mean I, I wonder if we had it at this temperature I mean we probably had it about two years ago, maybe less well, I mean it's better now i'm <laughs> so, assuming i I don't remember like we talking about the voluminous flavor profile 15.5% of it didn't mention that so yeah, yeah. the yeah. alcohol helps getting those flavors out there too let's not forget that so the cranberry I'm still conf- I mean is it a essential part of the beer or is it something that it could be better without I'm trying to figure that one out right maybe it doesn't matter maybe it's a nonsensical question but it, like because when I first had a sip there was this thing that I couldn't figure out that didn't seem right yeah. And then once I picture cranberries, it made more sense. Okay, so but does it make the beer better? <laughs> think of it as a story progression, it's kind of like it's it's the conflict, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's the, the uh the road of trials, right? <laughs> right. And you know, it, it it it's your 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 meeting with a goddess and then and then your atonement with the father comes <laughs> when your toffee comes in. Pretty good stuff. A little more, a L- little we There's. We're gonna have to mm-hmm. drink more of this in the post show. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> Twist my arm. <laughs> Yikes. Mm. Bree seldom disappoints. That we've had one or two that haven't. Mm-hmm. You know, that haven't done that well. Yeah, but well, mention the quality control problems that they're yeah. working through right now. Um, but man. When they, when they hit, they hit. But, they, you know, another thing I've noticed is these really big beers that are not Black Tuesday. Right. And that are not sour. They have a signature malty flavor. Don't you think? Or, or aren't you... Uh... Yeah, I would agree that there is sort of a signature to to the... Well, I don't know, because... I... When they use blends and they use the Solera method, mm-hmm. of course their beers are going to have some sort yeah, of similar I'm, just, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of names of the, specific, of the specific beers. It's kind of like Rogue has sort of there's a similar yeah. thing going because of the Pac-Man yeast. Except the brewery signature is a wonderful flavor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean they love their Pac-Man yeast, so to them it's there's a wonderful flavor. We're not huge mm-hmm. into the Pac-Man yeast, right. but my question about the Pac-Man East is: What happens when the ghost seated it, or what happens when it takes a power pellet? I mean, is there? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing. Is there a Miss Pac-Man East? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Miss Pac-Man was a better game. Was it? Yeah, because it had different. Levels. I mean, it had, you know, different mazes, and it had... Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I've tried playing Pac-Man. You, know, you can get it on your phone, right? Yeah. And, you know, there's stories of people that have played the perfect Pac-Man game. Yes. And, yes, there's, you know, people who haven't thought about... I mean, there you can play a perfect Pac-Man game. You eat every pellet, you never lose a life, and you eat every ghost with every power, power, right. power pellet. And you get every cherry. Right. Have you tried playing Pac-Man? It is a hard game. Well, I imagine it. It's like a lot of things. You practice, practice, practice. And you, you learn theory. the patterns. Just, yeah. you, you game the computer, right? right? Yeah, you you find the flaws in the AI, and you find um, shelter, if you will. Right, you find safe places. But man, I I haven't gone that far. And like, there is one. There's one spot on the Pac-Man board, at least in the original Pac-Man. Uh, that you could go to where a ghost would never go. So you uh, could always stay there and never go. But but even just luring all four ghosts close enough so you can get them all with every power point. Right. I've tried that. It's hard. It's hard, but Really if you know the pattern, then you yeah, can do it. But yeah. back to the beer, that has nothing to do with Pac-Man. No. <laughs> I am sorry about the, ra- the rat holes we're running today. Look now! I have last last time I had a um, I had a cock and balls. <laughs> now I have a scream. <laughs> Ooh, it's not. I have, it's the uh, who's the uh, artist Munch right? Munch, Munch. Yeah. Munch, I got nothing on mine. No fantastic. Mine looks kind of like an airplane. Maybe if anything. So I'm gonna. I, I posted the last one to my. Twitter feed, so if you want to look at the at the other one, but I'll, I'll try to post this one there, too. I have kind of a scream... <laughs> uh, oh, you can tell when we drink a high-alcohol show. <laughs> we are definitely not as disciplined as we are on our regular oh, format. Oh, Oh, well. I don't think I got a good picture of it. Anyway. It's gone now. <laughs> All right. So, let's get on to some ranking. Let's get on to some post-show and some Amazon Anonymous, and then let's get on to some Sleepy pillow type. You, <laughs> well, I get to drive home. <laughs> you did, you did the ranking last time. I'll start this time. So my number four. Yeah, I don't know whether it's necessarily a hard luck loser. It's just it, it didn't really measure up. It was a grand illumination. Um, I you know I, it was fine, but I still couldn't get my head around it. So you know just I'm, I'm putting it in number four. Okay. It doesn't really work mm-hmm. for me. My um, number three, probably the Melange Trois. Pretty, pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Mm, uh, had had lot had, had lots of good flavors to it. We were enjoying it, but the other two just beat it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna have to go for number two, uh, the old salty. There are two reasons. One, I mean, it just, the brewery was better. And two, no one's able to get it. So, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'm, 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 go ahead, Top, finish up your ranking. So it's like, you know, I, if, it, if it were, if it were that much better than everything else, then I would put it first. But this, this melange number three is, is just fantastic. It has so many layers to it, so many different. Ways to uh, to to interpret it's just so so beautiful it's a beautiful beer something that I'm going to enjoy uh, finishing and maybe staying a little bit late at Jeff's place because I'm going to have to finish this beer we'll watch I'm going to have to we'll download the uh, opening ceremonies yeah, and watch all the, I, uh, I, the pimp suits I'm just going to have to that, that that's the way it goes I mean sometimes a beer gets you where you just I gotta drink it I'm sorry I you know we'll we'll share it, but I got to drink right, the rest right. of that. Come on, he's not going to leave it here for me to drink alone. Yeah, <laughs> this is I get good. enough awesome beers to drink this alone. This is this is too damn good for, <laughs> for me to let you drink that alone. I'm sorry, that's fine. You know my ranking is going to match yours. Uh, if I would make any change, really, I would kind of put the um, Grand Illumination as a bit of a hard luck loser. I really liked it for a hoppy barley wine. You know, I liked it better than a fresh Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, that's saying a lot. I think it's a well-done beer. And it was up against some stout competition tonight. Um, number two, or I'm sorry, number three is just like yours, the Nebraska. It was delicious. I really look forward to since you're gonna be drinking the 15% melange tonight, I know you're not gonna to get to the the melange Trois from Nebraska. Uh, don't count it out. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's gonna be sleeping on my couch tonight. I think if we get that far. Um, I'm looking forward to drinking that one on its own because it is. It's not a power hour type beer. That one is a lot more subtle, right? And, yes. You know, and our show is typically kind of a power hour where we're you know we got to get through the show. We got to keep the show moving. And the Moulage 3 really didn't stand up to that kind of pushing. The Heavyweight Old Salty 2004. What a pleasant and amazing surprise that beer was. I was expecting an oxidized mess. Mm-hmm. I was Me expecting too. potentially a gusher. I was expecting, you know, a ruined beer. And it was clean and delicious and one of the best barley wines I've had in a very long time. Straight up barley wine. I can't call the brewery's melange number three a barley wine. No, it's a it's a melange. It's something yeah. well well, different. Yeah, but the Old Salty 2004? Delicious. World class English style barley wine. At 10 years old, the oxidation was non-existent. It was so happy. Uh, or perfect depending on how you look at it. Right, because oxidation mo- can sometimes give you some beautiful flavors. Yeah, could be. Yeah. The the spoilage due to oxidation mm-hmm. was non-existent. And then, Melange number three came away and just, as it always does, as the brewery usually does, just bitch slaps everyone else. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, how 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 great you're making a little beer show. How wonderful! <laughs> hey, here's a brewery beer. Blah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it was delicious. So complex. Um, like I said, if there's any knock about it, that cranberry tart flavor in the middle was a little confusing, but you could get your head around that. Um, definitely wasn't discouraging enough to, to knock it below the the old salty, even Mm. though the old salty was, I mean, they're all always, it was was a very good show. Yeah. No bad beers tonight. I don't want to, we've gotten through enough rat holes. I don't want to, uh, linger on the rankings. That's and, what the pre and post show are for, if you're curious. Those and, are their rat holes. You know, you know, here's you know, I, you know, as par for the course, here's where we should start reminiscing on how great it's been to to do the show for the last nine years, right? This is about where the amount of inebriation we have gets us into one of those reminiscent modes, but I'm not gonna let us do it. Um Thank you everybody for listening to Craft Beer Radio episode two seventy-seven it was a hell of a show. We hope you enjoyed it, too. And... Uh, craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit our website, craftbeerradio.com, to figure out what that means. You can contact us. Twitter is our preferred method of communication. Yes, There are three Twitter handles. There is at craftbeerradio. Both of us will see that one. There is at Greg. That's me. And there is at Jeff Barrier, which is me. Um, we are on Facebook, technically. <laughs> gotta, yeah, technically we're on Facebook. <laughs> or technically on Google+. Yeah. Plus. Um, we'll, might notice you if you're on there. I, I feel bad for saying that, but it's really hard to, to manage three... Disparate, separate yeah. social networks. Twitter is really the best way to get to us, and email is the second best way to yeah. get to us. Yeah, and, then, and the email is beer at craftbeerradio.com. And if you um, don't want to email Greg and just me, then it's jeff at craftbeerradio.com. And if just me, it's greg at craftbeerradio.com. But come on, email both of us. Yeah, do the beer thing, man. Do the beer thing. And uh, thank you, everyone, for, for listening. Man, I can't believe you, listen. I'm getting all wishy-washy on the show. You're too drunk. Yes. We gotta watch out for that ass-crack bandit.